guys, you never say anything bad to a woman because by 12 o'clock, they said so much bad stuff about themselves, you shouldn't add to it. And see, so therefore I said, listen, men and women are dramatically different. And it's okay. We both have amazing things about us that way. And so I said, ladies, I need you to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and let you know that you're awesome, that you're an amazing person. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This podcast. Today on the show is Dr. Patrick Flynn. He is a chiropractor and the founder of The Wellness Way. He has attended numerous colleges, including Harvard Medical School. His education contributes to his expertise in all things hormones. Within his 21 years of a practice, he trained thousands of doctors on a different approach to healthcare and is here today to talk all about hormones and how PMS is not actually normal. We covered so much in this episode and I personally learned a lot. So let's get right into it. Over 16,000 research studies on sodium lauryl sulfate have shown links to irritation of the skin and eyes, organ toxicity, developmental reproductive toxicity, neurotoxicity, endocrine disruption, and biochemical or cellular changes. This is one of the most common ingredients in laundry detergent. That is just one of many toxic ingredients found in almost all laundry detergents and cleaning soaps. What we wash our clothes and sheets with is just as important as what we put on our bodies and in it. And it plays a major factor in our internal and external health. It can affect our digestive system, hormones, immune system, and thinking, as well as skin issues. That's why switching to a truly non-toxic laundry detergent is so important. If you haven't heard of Truly Free Home, then listen up. Truly Free Home's non-toxic and eco-friendly laundry detergent is free from all thickeners, dyes, optical brighteners, synthetic fragrances, and other harmful chemicals. It's available in plant-based essential oil scents or entirely unscented. And every first order arrives with a forever jug that is BPA-free, and all future orders are refills, making less waste. Plus, you get free shipping. Truly Free Home is offering my listeners 300 free laundry loads, and no subscription is required. Just click on the link in the show notes and get 300 free laundry loads, and it will be automatically applied. So welcome so much, Dr. Patrick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited for this interview today because you are just a wealth of knowledge on women's hormones. And um, first of all, can you just introduce yourself and tell people who you are? Dr. Patrick Flynn, I actually currently still live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I started my first practice here in December of 1999. And now we have offices all over the world. Started with just a one little simple office and realized there was a massive demand of um, women suffering. And I happened to just happened because of circumstances in my life, uh, be able to figure out some of the biggest female things that, uh, and even today, no joke, before this podcast say, I was on the phone with a doctor from Knoxville that actually just had her ovaries removed and very sad about it. And she's doing a world of hurt. And it started just from that need of seeing that females, uh, even still currently from 23 years ago to today, are, are not set in the right direction. And female hormone problems are all-time high. And if we continue the same thinking and continue the same actions, we'll be doing this podcast 23 years ago, talking about these exact same things. So 
what are Americans doing wrong these days when it comes to women's hormones? It's actually, it's actually the, their thinking. Um, and, and I want to set it up a little bit to give a, a, an idea, for example, how I think when it comes to the human body and, and how I actually came up with the ideas for female care. And I believe that as we walk through, um, as you know, I've been in one of your friends' podcasts and kind of laid it out. To, and it makes complete sense. And when I was talking to this doctor today, uh, she's like, my goodness, if I would learn this in school, and she was actually 54 and I'm 48. And she's like, if I learned this in school, that would have changed even the direction of not only how I did things as a female, but even a doc. And what happened, if you were to think of it this way, is our thinking and how we approach human body, I think, is, is dra- dramatically in the wrong direction in the form of healthcare. Uh, and so I did this, I love analogies because to set the stage for this podcast, but also thinking on how to take care of somebody. And even if you're just listening right now saying, I'd like to know how to take control of my health and actually think properly so I can get the end result. And the end result is everybody wants to just be a healthy individual. And if I ask everybody right now who wants to be healthy, everybody's going to raise their hand. If I ask about their kids, parents, friends, loved ones, do you want them to be healthy? They'll be yes. But you're going to find out we're not taught health. We're not. Actually, and the analogy I give is this, is if, 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 if somebody actually house caught on fire, the best professional to actually put up that fire is the fire department. Everybody agrees. The fireman is going to show up in the, in the fire truck as quickly as possible because time is the essence because you don't want the house burned down. And they're going to use our tools and technology and education to put up the fire. So they use an axe and hose. You know, these axe break down the door, break down the windows, use the hose, spray the inside of the house. And in the process of actually putting up the fire, they cause a lot of destruction. And nobody's upset about it. They're kind of grateful because they're trying to stop the house from burning down. But the end result, if the, if the fire department and the firemen do their job properly, do it well, even if they put up the fire and you have the majority of your house still there, it's destroyed. It really is. Yeah. Can't live in it, can't maintain it, got to rebuild it. And that's what a, a carpenter is for. A carpenter comes in, even though the fire department has think they did a wonderful job, goes, man, this is a mess. I got to rebuild this house. I got to do everything, bring in raw material. And both of those people have, are very highly educated and know their craft very well. But even though they're dealing with the same house, there are certain situations that depend on which professionals need it. For example, if somebody right now listening to this has a heart attack or stroke, guess what happens? We're going to call, we're going to call 911 just like the fire department and we're going to get into the hospital. So let's call medicine the fire department. They're going to use their axes and hoses, their drugs, their surgery to put the fire out, stop them from dying, stop their house from burning down. Get my analogy? But here's what happens. But in our whole healthcare and our whole thought process and advertising and pink ribbons and jump rope for the heart is all based on fires to, to equate my analogy, diseases. And even if you actually survive the fire, survive the disease, guess what happens? Their drugs and surgery cause a lot of damage. And they even talk about negative side effects. Every drug, regardless if it saves a life or even gets rid of a sniffle, has a negative side effect. There's no such thing as a safe medication. Zero. Even the people who make it said they're not safe. But the idea is this, and I'm not saying they're not needed. I'm just saying, for example, is if you do survive that, you need to rebuild the house. And And so I create a whole way of carpenter doctor thinking that actually now if we look at a female, so let's look at a female and we go, okay, listen, but what if I don't have endometriosis or cancer, breast cancer, all these hormonal diseases, hormonal fires that's going on? Well, the, you have to understand how you even got there. A house built actually can maintain and keep it very well if you take care of it. A body maintained, for example, and take care of, you're not ending up with breast cancer. Well, doc, you know, my mom had breast cancer, so, so did I. No, your mom took care of her house the way she taught you to take care of her house. And that's why they both have rotten houses, okay? But the idea is this, is I started to look at and, and realize that a female house and a male house is dramatically different. For example, if we think about this, if we look at you as a female, okay, and me as a male, 
As a male, we know that testosterone is our dominant hormone. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. But if I were to ask the average female, okay, just a nice, good woman, mother, goes to work, does her stuff, all of that, uh, any professional woman, everything, if I ask them, what hormone actually dictates their day and makes them who they really are? What do you think most women are going to say? I would probably say estrogen would be the answer. That's what they would say. And it's the most common answer. And then I realized that the thinking right there is why women are so sick today when their hormonal health. Because we've been misled and lied to that estrogen is a hormone. It's not a hormone. It's not a hormone. Is it a, a mix or a category? Estrogen is a term that describes many hormones. And I realized, and I was speaking to this doctor literally less than an hour ago. And she's like, oh my goodness, doc. That's right, but I never really thought of it that way. See, I didn't think that way. And I said, you're 53. I said, with all those group of estrogens and it controls psychology, controls breast tissue, controls vaginal health, controls skin health, controls energy. I said, let me ask you a question. Um, If you actually don't take a picture and test all those, can you have a complete view of how a woman is mentally or physically? And she's like, absolutely not. And I said, you're 53. Have you had all of your estrogens tested? She goes, no, doc, that's not even our thinking. And I said, you're right. So how can we judge the health of a woman, the psychology of a woman with an incomplete view of the hormones tested? Mm-hmm. And I started to go 23 years ago that go and listen. So my wife was diagnosed with endometriosis. They tested her and they said, well, we test her estradiol, which is one of many hormones. But it was normal. So the doctors were confused. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. But estradiol is not the only contributing estrogen that can cause that individual to grow. And it was really actually her for hydroxyestradiol. Now me saying that to most women, they're like, what the heck is that? That's one of your major governing hormones of your uterus. So therefore, guess what? I realized that the thinking, when we approach hormones, the thinking we approach the body, because I'm a carpenter doctor, I want to know what I need or what I'm deficient in, because if I'm going to build a house and I don't have enough lumber, I can't build a proper house. So So if if a woman is deficient in a hormone, that's like trying to build her house with proper lumber. So when we get our estrogen levels tested, they're basically just testing one and we're getting back one result of that. For for example, so estrogen is a category, right? And so there's like subcategories. So we really need to get all of the estrogens tested. Yes, there you go. Because here's what happens. You as a female, okay, think of it this way. I want to know how old you were when you had all your estrogens tested. And see, because we're not even taught to think that way, women are taught to think that way, they're like, that doesn't even make sense to them. But they're like, well, doc, I've never had all my estrogens tested. But wait, those estrogens grow how you think, how you actually, how vaginal and breast health are, how your skin and every aspect, how digestion is. So then when you have all those problems, or if they start to become deficient, it's going to lead to problems. And we are not even taking the proper diagnostic tools to actually evaluate them because here's what I realized. I started when I was 24 years old when this happened, my wife was 23. Now, of course, we were just started dating back then. She wasn't my wife at the time. But I said, I said, oh my goodness. I said, I started, I called the largest lab in the world and said, can we test these? Their first response is yes. Why? And insurance doesn't pay for them. That was their response. I said, I have a sick, suffering woman that is actually suffering badly. And all the experts, AKA as they like to denote themselves as, mm-hmm. is uh, allowing her to continue to get worse and sick. And here's a, here's, a, here's a question for you. I want you to think of this. Over the last 20 years, do we have more or less breast cancer? Oh, more. It goes up statistically. 
So we don't need more pink ribbons and more chemotherapy and more radiation. We need to think and address breast cancer differently with different thinking. Otherwise, 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about there's more breast cancer because it just goes up every single year and stuff like that. So, so where can people go to get tested extensively? Is there a special outside lab or is there any way you can direct? Here's, here's what happens this. So I sat down as a young man. Now imagine this, like I said, this, I uh, actually, I apologize. I said I was 48. I turned 48 next Monday. Okay. Well, happy early was, birthday. I, thank you. So 24 years ago, so half of my life ago, I just realized that 20, when I was 24, so almost half my life ago, I sat down and said, I'm going to write these down. So I wrote down all the estrogens. I wrote down all the hormones that need to be tested. And then I realized that guess what? That when I want to look at all the estrogens, I can't just get them from blood. I have to get them from urine. So if you don't do two tests at once, you cannot get a complete picture. So the blood work can be done by any lab there is on the planet. You really can. You can go to any doctor, go to any lab, get it. I can, I, I can literally give you a form that you can just, uh, you know, um, that you can just take and take any lab and get done. Um, so it's not specific to any lab. And then I, there are other labs that do urine, urine analysis that way. Now I'm a fan of a very wonderful big medical lab. It's called the Dutch Test. It's Precision Analytics. But now there are Genova does it. There's other labs that do it, and. When I start to actually combine and test both of them and get a complete picture, guess what happened? I start to recognize not only the abnormalities of women's hormones that were never, ever tested in their whole life, if they had breast cancer, endometriosis, depression, anything, skin problems, anything, any kind of hormonal-based condition. But then what I did, because my thinking's like a carpenter doctor, I started to create the ways to actually get those things back to normal, which still medicine has, does not have the tools and technology to do because there is no drug or surgery that gets hormones back to normal. Giving a person HRT or biochemicals does not get your hormones back normal. It just synthetically or biodentically replaces it. And there are some instances where that is needed. It's usually when they have full hysterectomies, mm -hmm. but there is no drug or surgery. There is nothing that a, that a medical professional can do to ever make a woman's hormones normal. So what's the solution then? I mean, is there anything, stress, uh, food, like what, what can help, you know, quote unquote, regulate hormones? Well, see, and that's the thing. So as we get the snapshot in the picture of what's going on with the hormones. See, now, now we can dig in things that throw off hormones because that's the, one of the biggest keys. And, be, and even by actually getting labs done, you can, you can start to figure out those things that are doing it. Um, and the reason why Courtney, your friend, had me on Real Foodology is women actually have significant amount of deficiencies that they're not putting into their diet on a regular basis that actually even cause the hormone productions and conversions to actually have proper things. Now, I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, the number one thing, and I can, I can prove this diagnostically, and I have hundreds of thousands of labs, and I say hundreds of thousands of labs because we have offices all over the world. I have hundreds of doctors that work for me. And um, what happens is this, is by far, the number one thing that throws off women's hormones is mental stress, by far. It's mental the stress. Mm -hmm. and, and a simple question I started to realize when I started to pull women, I literally have thousands of, of written polls that I did with women on this. And I always say, listen, women, who stresses out more, men or women? Women dominantly do. But who causes women the most stress? Men. Men. Okay? <laughs> and see, you know that. See, you knew it right away. And I was surprised when all of a sudden I realized that that's dramatically different between the way men deal with stress. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, wow. And being a doc, that was important for me to understand that. Because if I want to figure out the stressors of a woman so we can start throwing off, start making sure the hormones aren't being thrown off. It wasn't that I could do anything about their relationship. But if I sat there and said, listen, 
if your relationships is stressing you out, I'm going to do everything I can to help you maintain the balance of your hormones. But I always tell people this. If I were to tell you to take the smallest rock and wear your shoe today and throw a pebble in the bottom of your shoe and walk around all day, what's your mindset and what's your irritation going to be by tonight? It's going to be very high. Crazy, yeah. And But see, here's what this. It's my job to help you recognize that there's a pebble in your shoe. And if I can, remove it. But if I can't, just by recognizing it, you're going to try to not walk on that foot as much as possible. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it's, it's about bringing the awareness to women that these stressors, there's mental stress, there's physical stress, just like that pebble or shoe. But no joke, one of my degrees is a muscle chiropractor. You can have structural problem and that can relate to stress. You can eat toxic things and that's a stress. You can inject toxic things in your body, but we mm-hmm. won't talk about that over the last two years. <laughs> that caused, why do you think that females had problems post being injected? Yeah. Because it's a toxin. I heard a lot, yeah, a lot of different like um, periods, uh, heavy bleeding, a lot of things happened after um, injected, people got injected. So yeah, for sure. Um, So, I mean, people could eat the cleanest, perfect diet and they're still stressed and that that's still going to be a hormone disruptor. Yeah, because if you think this way, a job of a carpenter doctor is to realize that there's multiple stressors on the house. You know, sometimes it's a rainstorm. You know, sometimes you actually accidentally, you know, cause a fire in the inside in the kitchen. Do you see what I'm saying? And my point is this, is the fact that it's, like it's in every woman is different. So when I look at the stressors in her life and it really comes down to three stressors, trauma, toxins, or thoughts. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, it's, and so if you look at the medical field, they're just waiting for your, your house to fall apart and catch on fire. And that's why they advertise. Here's your pink ribbon, breast cancer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why you see all these diseases. You're trained on fires. You're trained on diseases. But you know something is this? It's like this. People don't want to not get breast cancer. They want to live a healthy life. And so if we depend on the medical system, and, and, and no joke, COVID proved how ridiculous the thinking is. If we depend on the medical system to be healthy, if we depend on the medical system to actually help us maintain health, um, then when a simple bug comes in and kills people, it wasn't healthy houses that died from a bug. It was weak houses. You know what I'm That's why they say it was the condition of the elderly. No, I'll show you my patients that are 90 years old went through COVID like it was a sniffle. And I can show you a teenager that died. Do you see mm-hmm. And my thing is this, the doctors leading that thinking are fire department doctors. And I'm sorry, if, you, if you're gonna die, great. Use drugs or surgery, put your fire out. But that's not how you maintain a healthy life. Please, and I, and, and I looked up your stuff before I got here and it's kind of nice, but I got a question, a simple question for you. What drug or surgery are you going to take to make, to make yourself healthy? And you already know your answer. There is none. No. Do you understand? And so, and if you have children, what drug or surgery are you going to give them to make them healthy? There is none. So then why are you going to go to doctors that are trained in drugs or surgeries to help you accomplish something they cannot? Just like you, if you ask me to do brain surgery, I'm like, I have a tumor doc. Well, great. Go to the brain surgeon. That's his field. But see, there's a big difference between actually understanding what health is and understanding what fires and diseases. And I know my role. I've done it for 23 years and I've been able to clinically uh, deal with all these things female-wise. And because our thinking is different. So people say, Doc, when you do a podcast or even do stuff that, what are you trying to do? I'm just trying to get people to think differently because that will change their actions. Yeah. Well, and I know there's even statistics that uh, show even uh, happier people, less stressed people are healthier. They get over the common cold quicker. They, um, there was, I even remember this story, this person, they had cancer. They like went off grid. They went in the wilderness, did their own thing. And 
then their cancer was cured. I, I can't tell you if it was breast cancer or whatever, but it was, and I'm sure there's multiple stories like that. They just, you know, and it's crazy what just less stress being in nature and can do for your physical body because it stemmed from the mind. Yep. And now let's flip this. Okay. And and I and 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 I mean this sincerely. I always tell people I have dealt with women my whole life, sat across from toe to toe, massive suffering that way. And drunk males too, because males have different problems and they they can even have hormone problems that lead to uh, prostate cancer and different things that way. But here's what I want to talk to you about this way, and this will drive a lot of individuals nuts. So I'm gonna I'm going to pre warn everybody that if you're offended easy, and if you think men and women are the same please stop listening to the podcast right now because you will get offended. Because men and women are not the same. They never will be the same. I don't care what political party tells me that a woman's the same as me. They're liars, they're wrong, and they're misleading people and they're making them sick and unhealthy. Because here's what happens. Is, just a quick question for you. Are you married? No. Okay. Boyfriend? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so let's say that I was sitting in the room with you guys right now doing the podcast and it was just live in person. And all of a sudden... Um, I attacked your boyfriend, okay? So would you consider that a stress? Yeah. Okay, even to his body, we react to his stress. What would happen to his testosterone levels? I would go up for sure. If I attacked you and your boyfriend was there to be able to offend you and stuff like that, what would happen to your progesterone levels when I attacked you? And I'll explain the physiology behind it. Oh, gosh. They go down. okay. Men are mental, meant to handle stress. Women are not. Because here's what happens. The stress hormone cortisol, which I know you know of, mm-hmm. cortisol actually comes from the conversion in our liver from, to progesterone, from progesterone. And because me and, and your boyfriend don't need progesterone at a high level, we need very little to none. If we have that stress, our progesterone drops, no big deal. Your progesterone drops, guess what happens? It's a really bad day for you physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. See, that's basic biochemistry that women are not meant to deal with the stressors. And it's why women are so much more sick than men are and why, why, why men can do things differently than women, which is a great thing. It's not saying that women oh, yeah. are weak. I, 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 it's just saying, listen, that as a real man, I understand the fact that I don't want to put women in stressful situations and, and, and I employ hundreds of females and, 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 I, and I have four daughters, mm-hmm. you know, Sam. And, but the idea is this, is so when you look at the most common thing for miscarriage for women is low progesterone. That's why they try to give you progesterone shots or creams or things like that instead of actually attacking the stressors. And then if you stress out a woman why she's pregnant, that way you have more chance of miscarriage, well-documented. But the idea is this, men and women's hormones are dramatically different. So for me, for a woman to tell me that she can handle stress a man is actually physiologically inaccurate. And women with exercise, they can, remember, you can physically hurt your body. And women and men, when they physically exercise more, their testosterone goes up. That's their dominant hormone. When women exercise, they can even testosterone go up, and that's not a good thing. But second of all, it makes their progesterone go down. And that's why women, if they exercise too hard, exercise during the wrong time of cycle, they can skip or delay or even miss the period. And that's the part where I'm sitting there going, we have to stop trying to be equal because we're not. You know what I'm saying? Because here's what happens this. The nutritional requirements for a woman is different than the man. The stress, what they can handle different, is different for a man and woman. And if we don't have these good conversations, guess what happens, ladies? You are getting sicker and sicker as time goes on. It, it, it's really sad. And I'm sorry, I just am not politically correct. I don't care because I'm trying to stop all the sickness and suffering, especially when I have to deal with women on there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad because 
some of these basic biochemical physiological concepts are so basic when I speak to doctors and different things that they're going, uh-huh. It's just not common practice because we have fire department doctors, not carpenter doctors like us. No, I, I completely agree. Men and women are definitely different in multiple ways. And uh, it, we have our pros, you know, different pros and different cons and uh, we manage stress differently. Um, I have a question though. So can, so cortisol, right? That's like the stress hormone. Can high cortisol due to stress affect your other hormones and it, can it be like a trickle effect? Well, of course it can because remember, can affect your, remember cortisol actually regulates your blood sugar and it can affect that. Uh, so you can affect your insulin. You say, and then of course that can host, <laughs> that can create a whole more metabolic disease problems that right away. Now, mm. where, where similarities are with cortisol can affect uh, a male in their heart if their cortisol levels go up. Um, one thing that does is similar to a man and woman when it comes to just physiology. Um, if both men or women are under stress, their digestion slows down. It's supposed to, do you know what I'm saying? Um, but remember the cool thing is it's, and, and that's why here's another analogy in how we look at the body. Medicine separates, I've said people, the, the body is like a Swiss watch. It's a bunch of gears all work together. Medicine specializes in gears, liver doctor, heart doctor, brain doctor, foot doctor. A carpenter type doctor says, listen, it's a, all the gears that work together. That's why your big toe controls your heart. If I smash your big toe, what happens to your heart rate? Yeah. It goes up. And that smash your big toe, it changes your hormones, turns your cortisol because it's a physical stressor. See, but here, if I smash your big toe, what will happen to your blood pressure? Go up. So do we go to the fire department doctor and he looks and says, your blood pressure is up. We need to put you on this drug the rest of your life. Or do you say, uh, get off my toe? Right. Now, I know it sounds funny, but the number one reason why people go to the doctors today after the age of 40 is blood pressure. And their wisdom and their expertise is actually put to put them on something to lower the blood pressure. Because you know why? Blood pressure can cause a stroke. See, they talk about fires and they're scary about fires. Here, here's a bug. It's come on. It came from China. It's going to kill you. No, it's going to kill you if I've been listening to your advice for all these years and now I'm sick and now a bug comes in and kills you. You know, I, I think about this way. Think about our hormonal conditions and diseases that we have of today. Most women of all kinds and men been under care of a doctor for a long time. If I was going to get a personal trainer and I was going to listen to him and I followed everything he said from how to eat and how to do stuff that way, and I ended up 300 pounds and I was 200 when I started, I'd punch him in the face because he's got really bad advice. You would giggle, but guess what most women do? They bring their kids to a pediatrician, bring them to a general practitioner, they start with care with our doctor that way, and then they're sicker later in life and they go, and then when they're sick, they go back to the doctors that let them be sick. Yeah. See, we got to change our thinking. And, and I know it sounds, and I know you say, Doc, man, you're intense, you're brutal about this. Yes. You know why? Because every year there's a debate on healthcare. Every year there's a debate on who should pay for insurance. Every year people are sicker. And because people won't have these conversations because it might make people feel bad. You know what really feels bad is when I sat across from a woman sick and suffering. And if she just would have known 20 years before, she would actually be, have a better life. There's, and, and, and just like that doctor who's 53 reached out to me today, her story was this. She had fibroids. The doctor said, listen, we do this. And she, they manipulated hormones for 10 years. They mm -hmm. said, doc, we got to take out one of your ovaries. And she woke up and they took two of them out without uh -huh. her consent. See, yeah, I'm offended. I'm offended that these women are going through these brutal situations. And she's a doc. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, and I saw one year, I, listened, I saw you on Instagram. And she goes, you made so much sense. And I taught her more about hormones and physiology 
in a, in a 45 minute conversation than she ever learned in medical school. And she's like, this is basic. I said, yes, but I'm changing your thinking to think like a carpenter doctor, not the fighter product. And Durham, guys, if you break your arm, guys, if you have a heart attack, guys, if you are going to die from something, I want you to take every drug and surgery there is on the planet to survive. Put out the fire. Yeah. But that's not health. That's not living a good life. Because number one, one of the biggest investments in the world right now is actually old folks' homes. They can keep you alive and keep putting out fires, but you're not living. That's why you have to have somebody help you, take care of you. And it's getting younger and younger with all this chronic illness. Yeah. It's really sad. All right. You may not know this about me, but every morning before I drink my daily coffee, I actually drink electrolytes first. There's two reasons I do this. One, your body is naturally dehydrated from the previous night's sleep and is craving hydration. And two, coffee actually dehydrates you, even though it is technically a liquid. So rule of thumb, hydrate before you caffeinate. I personally use Element Electrolytes in my morning routine. It's literally the first thing I drink every single morning. I stick to their raw, unflavored version, which contains no sugar, no flavorings, no coloring, and no fillers. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. And their unflavored version has only those three ingredients. Element is by far the cleanest electrolyte drink I've found on the market, and I've been looking for a while. Other electrolyte drink mixes have added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Electrolytes are essential for our body to function. So you want to not only make sure you are getting them in your body, but you are getting the best kind. There's also research to back that when you keep hydrated, there are lower risks of anxiety and depression in individuals. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just waking up in the morning, Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. So go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this amazing offer. I'll also leave that link in today's show notes so you can easily scroll down and order with just one easy tap. What's some advice that you can give as far as de-stressing? Do you have any de-stressors that people can practice daily? Yes. Okay. Obviously, let's start here. And you already said it. You know, Sam, I thank God every day when I just wake up in the morning. <laughs> so I'm very, uh, I wake up, people, people say, Doc, it's going to be a good day. I say, no, it's going to be a great day. You know what I'm And because you know what? I'm alive. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I don't care who you are on this planet. There's going to be things that tick you off every day. 
You understand? Even if you have a lovely spouse, they're going to tick you off. Okay, it's just the nature of being thing. But what happens is just just having the appreciation to be alive. That's because remember, it does. You're right. Mental stress is such a big key to success in life and business and everything that way. Um, I always tell people, you win the mental game, you win everything in life. Mm-hmm. And think of this way: my whole career, I've had to go against the grain. My whole career, man, I get hate mail, I get threats. FBI shows up at my house, everything like that. Trust me, if I didn't have strong mental game, I actually was like FBI came to my house, and I'm like, cool. You understand? <laughs> Great. And but that aspect that way, and, and just the perception of understanding. Now, here's the cool thing is this. Another way of understanding is this, knowing that stressors can affect you negatively. Because you're gonna you're going to start to avoid the things that stress you out. You really will. And stuff that's that's why awareness is so key. Say, listen, if stress can damage my health, well then I want to do everything I can to stay away from stressors. And and that's very key because because I can't as a doc, I can't control everybody's stressors. I can guide them and help remove them and, and mm-hmm. do certain things that way. But I was very surprised in my clinical career that how much physical abuse there was to women. I can't even mentally equate that. But as a doc, I can't even legally report that because they're adults. But it was interesting. I'm like, and, and I, was, I was surprised that that happened. And some of the advice I had to tell people is, get away from that guy. Do you understand? Now, if they mm-hmm. stay there, that's their choice. But the idea is at least they, they know that these are things that can actually really impair their health, impair their hormones, support them. But, and then you think this way, movement. Movement is very key. Now remember, there's a difference between movement and exercise. Do you understand? Because as you move, you de-stress. You really do. And that's why people say, Doc, I went for a walk, I exercise. That's not exercise, that's movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why if you ever notice different movement things, everything from yoga, everything for moving the body in, in very fluid ways, I actually think swimming is one of the best, best movements there is because there's a little bit of resistance. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's very fluid, it's very motion. That's why people love the water. Okay. Plus, the electrons you get and the energy you get from the water is a whole nother story. But then on top of that, is this is then there's other things. You know, people always tell me, Doc, it's okay to eat bad moderation. Really, your body doesn't know moderation. It knows it's good or stressful to the body. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I tell people, that's why I say, Doc, well, you hate toxic stuff. Yeah, because toxins are actually stress your body, no matter if it's a little toxin or a big toxin. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's why we're doing these things. We're trying to always remove all those stressors that can actually put your body in any inflammatory state. Because whenever inflammation is a contribution to every fire, every disease on the planet that way. So making sure that you're mentally good, make sure that you're physically good, make sure that what you put in your body and on your body. You know, ladies, do you understand that women will say, doc, I don't know why I'm sick. I said, okay, did you shower this morning? Yep. What'd you use? Well, uh, I used uh, Neutrogena uh, shower gel. Oops, toxin. What'd you brush your teeth with? Crest. Ooh, toxin. Did you put makeup on? Yep, Maybelline. Ooh, toxin. Do you follow me on this? And we just, we just got in the first 10 minutes of their, of their day. Yeah, yeah. What'd you, what'd you have for breakfast? Starbucks latte. Ooh, toxins. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why people, because they're looking some, for some big major event, like they got hit by a car and broke their leg for them to have a fire. But you remember, a house not taken care of on a daily basis leads to fires, leads to diseases that way. So we need to always be taking care of ourselves that way. Right. And because you know, there's, there's things we can't control. We really can't. I know we're all addicted to this. We're all addicted to technology, including myself. So I actually even have things like what? I, I wear something that helps me block it. I put it on my phone, you know, things like that. We have EMF, we have things like that. There's things we can't control. So you want to always do the things that we can control to remove as many stressors from the body. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's some things that we can eliminate to help our stress. However, what if someone can't get away from something or let's just say like in an extreme so many things is stressing this person out where they're like, okay, I have to eliminate this, eliminate that. And they're and now they're 
running away from situations, which is not good either. Cause then now they're just avoiding things and they become, I don't know, a hermit or something. Right. Um, so you got, you, sometimes you do have to face certain quote unquote fears to, to get out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Now I would think of it this way. So let's say, and I'll give you an extreme example because it'll set up the stage for this. So therefore my first time I ever sat in, in across from a woman and she was being physically abused. And believe it or not, I called the state and they said, you can't report it because you're violating her privacy rights. Now, if it's a child, I have to, and I will in a report, I had to do that. Um, but I, could, I looked at that woman, I'm like, get away from that guy. And she wouldn't, do you understand? Uh, he was a breadwinner, she stayed home and, and all these things. I said, okay, listen, and her, own, and her adrenals were tanked. They were really low on her labs. So I can give her body things to help her adapt to the stress to help her body do it best it can. And she physically did do better. She really did. See, for example, I live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. In January, sometimes I'll get 20 to 30 below. If I were to walk outside with a pair of shorts on, my body has to adapt to that extreme cold stress. And, and my body will adapt by pulling all the blood to the core. And, but if I stay out there long enough, I can lose my fingers and toes. Was that stupid of the body? No, the body made a, a choice to try to survive the stress. Do you follow me in that? Mm. Now, what I'm, and the reason why I'm explaining that is this. Whenever the body's under stress and you can't avoid certain stressors, then you're going to have to support your body to help you deal with the stress. Otherwise, your fuel tanks, aka your hormones, are going to run out, which is going to lead to some bad process. See, so people say, well, doc, what did you give that woman to help her adapt to stress? Well, no joke, her cortisol in the morning was extremely low. I gave her some licorice, I gave her some astrogonda, things like that helped deal with her stress. Some of her physical conditions, including her vaginal dryness, started to resolve. But here's what I told her. I said, you want something of this? Just like doctors say, you're on high blood pressure medication, you have to stay on there forever. So that instead of finding the stress that caused the high blood pressure, I said, listen, if you don't move that stress, yes, there's going to be no negative side effects from licorice and ashwagandha, but you're going to have to take that to help your body adapt the rest of your life. Now, as a doc, I don't want a person to do that because then they have to take something for it that way. I really try to get them to remove those stressors. So let's say your stressors are bad foods. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can give you something to compensate for your sassiness, but I'd rather you not to be eat sassy, okay? okay? And see, those are the things that we have to have those conversations with other people because otherwise other people, here's, here, and this is where um, I think medicine has really done a very bad job in lying to people, um, the fact that they don't have control of what goes on because people think they're sick and they're a victim. No, no. Do you understand? Even last statistic I read, 97% of all diseases actually lifestyle related. That means for the very small fraction of people that have something, they earned it. And that sounds brutal. But if we can't have those conversations, because that's when we start to reverse that and their condition goes away. Remember, they were set up to actually develop it. And, and I will tell you this, it's the thinking that as we started from the beginning of the podcast, the fire department thinking, you're going to your pediatrician and get about vaccines. Well, you just stressed out the body. Uh, here, you got this medication here. And, 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 they, and they set you up. They create the illness that most people suffer from today. And it's really sad. And so yeah. by getting people to change their thinking, that's where it all starts. Um, because if you don't change your thinking, then person will say, well, what's your degree? Well, the experts led us through COVID. How are we doing with our expertise? <laughs> so changing our thinking. And now changing a little bit and diverting because I do have a question about PMS. Yep. 
is that a real thing? Or are women just looking for an excuse to blame their cravings on chocolate? Well, here, let's, let's come back to this, okay? And, and remind me to talk about perimenopause too. Yeah. So here's what happens. Is PMS very common in our cultures today? I would say, yeah. Yeah, but here's what happens. Do not confuse common with normal. Mm, it's called point. premenstrual syndrome. So when a young lady actually has hormonal imbalances, maybe estrogens are off, maybe progesterone's off, maybe DHA is off that way, you are lacking the constituents, the ingredients, the hormones for tissues to function properly. And symptomatology can, can actually be there. Okay, everything from cramping, moods, cravings, everything like that. And because our current system says, we're just going to manipulate your hormones. See, do you understand that birth control by, by definition and classification is an endocrine disruptor? Let me see a question. How do we endocrine disrupt women back to normal? I know it's like, see, when you think like a carpenter, you ask those questions and go, well, birth control makes no sense. And you, and you endocrine disrupt them so much, the two major side effects, negative side effects is all medications cause damage are infertility and cancer. Throw it in the box. Mm. Okay. Instead of saying, listen, that young lady has some estrogen or progesterone, other hormone problems. Why don't we test a young lady? Why don't we get a complete picture of her estrogens, complete picture of her hormones and see where she's deficient or excess in and start to get them back to normal so the premenstrual syndrome no longer exists. I have four daughters. I have two of them that are cyclic. They don't know what PMS is. They have no clue. You understand? Yeah. When they got their cycles and stuff of like that, they didn't go through all the stuff that early. Because you know why? Because I took care of their health since they were born from the young years to their cyclic years. And then when they transitioned the menopause years, just like a transition my mom from, meta, from, from cycle to menopause, perimenopause is a made up BS. Let me say it again, perimenopause is a made up BS. It's an excuse to why doctors don't know how to take care of women through that transition. So they create another fire disease, fake one to actually make them feel better that it's just a stage of life. It's Interesting. not. And menopause is actually the easiest. Do you understand that menopause is the easiest area of a life to maintain a woman healthy? Well, let's talk about it. But so with your daughters, you knew this going in, you wanted to set them up for success. Yeah, so I started testing their hormones at 10 years old. Okay, and did you give them a certain diet or give them certain things to make sure, you know, no? So here's what happens. When my children were born, I would never ever as a, as a here, here's really bad advice that actually food advice that pediatricians, Guys, let's tell you, pediatricians, there's only one pediatrician in the world that I'd ever suggest. His name is Dr. Paul Thomas. He's out of Oregon. The rest of them are just useless. Pediatricians are just the most useless profession on the planet, okay? Because all they are vaccine givers. That's all they are. They don't know how to take care of it. The pediatrician knows nothing about a healthy child, okay? But here's the point is, if you look at it this way, when my children were born, I would never, in my background is nutrition and immunology. Let's say, say you're beside being a chiropractor. I would never allow my child to eat a food before one year old. Never. You will cause problems. Well, doc, it's organic good food. Well, then you cause organic problems and stuff like that. I know, see, I can make you laugh because it's really true, okay? <laughs> it's like, because it, it, here's why. Do you understand if you just take basic uh, digestive anatomy and physiology, there are certain functions and digestive process that are not even developed until one-year-old. 
If you stick a food, regardless if it's organic, non-toxic or not, in the system, it's not meant to handle it. And therefore, digestive system is not meant to handle it. So you have one other system left to handle something that doesn't belong there. It's called your immune system, aka start to create allergies in kids. It's why when we were kids, now you're probably much younger than I am. I'm 48, 47, maybe 48. And there was barely any allergies. Now look today. Oh. Kids are getting vaccinated like crazy, causing this number one cause of allergies. Number two is feeding your kids before the age of before the age of one. Mm-hmm. And so when I speak to docs and I speak at medical school, I speak at medical things that way. I said, listen, somebody tell me when this part of the digestion system develops. They say, well, roughly 12 to 15 months. So you put organic food in there. Well, it can't properly handle it. So now you're left with your immune system and you can create allergic reactions even from organic food young in life. So my kids at, before one-year-olds never had actually any food, just breast milk. And I hear BS like this, you know, past six months, where do you get that from? Where do you get that from? I don't know where they made that stuff up. Doctors lie all the time. They make stuff up actually acting like they know what they're talking about. Maybe it's going back to the average doesn't equal normal thing. <laughs> and here's what happens. So now, and I can tell you, my one child didn't even touch food till she was 18 months. Do you understand? Yeah. And I have four very vibrant daughters. My youngest is nine. Okay. My oldest is 19. And, um, and so here's what happens now. As they start to get food, before I even actually um, gave them any food, I tested to see what their foods they had allergies to. Do you know what I'm saying? People always tell me I have a great diet. I'm like, cool, let me see your allergy list. Mm-hmm. Well, I never did one. Then you don't know what you're, what's good for you. What, because you don't see any fire right away? See, I actually am, uh, the reason why I love immunology and why I got into it when I was a kid is because I actually have an egg allergy, a bad one, an IgE, I could die. Wow. And people say, well, doc, you're, you're backwards nutrition. Why don't you eat organic eggs? Well, cool, I'll be organically dead. Do you know what I'm and see, so the idea is this, and I'm kind of going through all this stuff. See, this is what, see, I, see you laugh in a good way, but I'm, I'm speaking like a carpenter, which is normal language for us. But you go, well, wait, that's kind of true. Because you probably know somebody that has an IgE allergy that could die. Well, just feed them organically. Well, you die from that. See, because it's an immune reaction. See, so we're creating all immune problems. Pediatricians and doctors are creating massive immune problems for kids. And then what happens is this, and then they don't teach a, teach a, a parent how to actually truly give their kids what they need. And here, watch this. If an egg can kill me, is that a toxin or a nutrient for my body? It's a toxin. Okay. So then that's why when people tell me in general on, on podcasts that eggs are good for everybody, I'm like, really? It'd kill me. Well, for, no, no, no. But see, don't generalize. You need very specific care for each individual. Individual care, yeah. No, my background is nutrition. Do you understand? Before my, my, when I went to undergrad for immunology and nutrition, I understand this. I could prove to you the most bioavailable foods on the planet are still organ meats and eggs are probably one of the best uh, sources of, of thing. But for me, it'll kill me. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And see, that's why care has to be individualized. But here's what happens. Now what happens is my daughters, they knew what they needed by and I tested them every single year. See, that's the cool thing is you can test these things on a regular basis. And then when, my, when, when all of a sudden they had 10, I knew that within the next five years, they're going to be getting their cycle. So I want to make sure that they maintain good levels, didn't cycle too early. I want to maintain that they, they actually, they actually uh, um, had good hormone levels. And then when they transitioned from being a young lady to cyclic, guess what happens? It was a decent transition because their hormone levels jumped up properly to normal levels. So they didn't experience anything called PMS. And wow. so therefore my daughters go, their, their friends are cramping, doing stuff like this. And, and um, you know, as, they, as they eat their Dairy Queen flurry, which is a stress. No, doc, it's okay in moderation. Your body doesn't know moderation. Moderation mm-hmm. is your emotional justification when you eat something wrong. Yes, quote me on that. <laughs> right. Moderation is your emotional justification when you eat something wrong. That's all, all right. it is. Okay, because food well, is the most emotional thing that we do. I love 
learning from you. This is such an amazing podcast. Um, now switching over to the later years in maybe um, menopause. Yes. Remember, ladies, the term cougar did not come from the cyclic woman. Okay. Trust me, you're laughing at this, but let me prove it to you. Yeah, let me prove it to you hormonally. See, cyclic years, as women do not realize, I actually looked at the female cycle and I created a chart that's been shared millions of times on the internet. Because I looked at the fluctuations of a cyclic woman, I go, oh my goodness, hormones change four times in the month when it comes to a, a cyclic woman. Their progesterone, their estrogen cycle, and they go up and down through the month. Now, let me simple question. Would you agree with me that women change physically with hormones? Yeah. Okay. That's why one morning you get up, put your, put your bra on, it's all nice and full. <laughs> put your bra on, it puts a trivial raisins. Yeah. You say, I'm, you're, you're like, Doc, what happened? Well, your estrogens changed. So therefore your breast tissue changes and they fluctuate. Now get this. But wait, hormones also have a mental aspect. That means women change mentally four times in the month. Do you understand? That's when women come to me and say, Doc, my emotions are all up and down. I feel unstable. Yes, ladies, there is no such thing as a mentally stable woman that's cyclic. Well, yeah, we're all over the place. <laughs> but that's okay. But here's what happens. Men, our hormones go up and they, they're straight across and they fluctuate a little bit morning to night. That's why men have morning erections compared to evening erections. Okay, but here's the point. And men are not taught that. They're not taught that. So their women change emotionally every week and they think, well, what the hell's wrong with her? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with her. It's called being a woman. And mm-hmm. women are taking antidepressants because they feel like they're all over the board. That's called being a woman. Welcome to womanhood. <laughs> well, but, but see, the thing is this. And then culturally, we're sitting there going, we can keep up with you men. Good luck. Culturally, they're thinking, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, this is going to probably tick off half your audience. Because things change emotionally, I don't want women making decisions on the third week of their cycle because you know Why? They're highly sensitive, highly emotional. And if I put a pebble in your shoe right now and, I, and, I walk, and you make a decision right now, and then tonight I ask you to make the same decision, you can be very sensitive and make a totally different decision because it's just basic biochemistry and physiology. And if we have these conversations, women understand themselves. And women are taking so many antidepressants right now because they think something's mentally wrong with them and they're wrong. If hormones are abnormal, they can have too big of fluctuations and it can feel like you're going crazy to where you can't even get out of bed. I get that. But it's normal for a woman's hormones to fluctuate up and down. Now watch this. When they're metapausal, they're more like male hormones. They're more straight across. Their testosterone takes over a little bit more. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why women actually can have a sex drive in menopause all the time. That's why cyclic women cannot. And our culture is trying to make cyclic women into these men saying, you're just as sexual as men. No, you're not. It's physiologically impossible. It's physiologically impossible for a cyclic woman to have sex drive like a man. And the only women that do actually have testosterone dominance, which will lead to PCOS and ovarian cancer and other things. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this is something that's so basic in biochemistry, but not explained to a woman. And the sad part is this. And so women are going through life, not understanding themselves physically, mentally. And there's more breast cancer, more PCOS, more antidepressants. Here stands statistically right now. Six out of 10 women have taken some form of antidepressant. I don't want beautiful, wonderful, amazing women to actually think that they need that and be on that. Now people say, doc, but what if their hormones are really low or really high? Can that cause depression, anxiety? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you ladies. Who's been taking care of you that even lets you get those kind of abnormal hormones? 
oh, my OB, oh, my GP, oh, my this. And they're only going to give you some chemical to try to alter you instead of get you back to normal. Corporate doctors get you back to normal. Yeah. Well, and this is just a personal story too. I went to go see uh, one of my practitioners. I just went for a physical, you know, and they checked me out, just make sure everything's whatever. Okay. And they, they were like, well, how's your, your stress levels? And yeah, I was going through a very stressful time. And I said, well, my, I'm pretty stressed right now. And uh, what they offered me was, well, we can give you an antidepressant. And, and my doctor told me this, she goes, she admitted, I don't, I can't, um, fix your problem. She goes, what we do here is we give medication. That's what she said. And I said, well, I I mean, of course I'm like, no, that's okay. I want to deal with the stress. Like I don't, medication for me would probably put more stress. You know, um, if you're on medication, that's another thing, but it was just interesting. Do you know the number one side effect of antidepressants are? Uh, let let me see. Um, anxiety? Suicide. No. No. Look at the box. See, it's really funny. I, I find it funny that, that because remember, to understand the biochemistry and physiology of the body that way, you'll understand drugs really well and stuff. And it's like, and I say, all I do is direct people to uh, uh, SSRIs and, and one of the number one side effects is suicide. Now, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Look it up, go on drugs.com, so go on any, things like it's really, and, and it's Remember, there's no such thing as a safe medication. Even if it saves your life, even if you have medication that saves your life, it's not safe. It causes destruction. See, that's why I kind of laugh when people say, Vaccines are safe and effective. Really? Where'd you get that from? It's a catchphrase. Biden, yeah. safe and effective. You're a liar. But what, here's what is this. Why are people scared to tell people the truth? You said, I'd, here, I'd say this. If I was a doc, I'd say, listen, I'll give you antidepressant, and guess what happens? But you got, if you have suicidal thoughts, be careful. At least it's honest. Give people the choice, but give them the full information. But see what happens is this? Our culture is able to accept expert advice. And I'm sorry. Guess what? There was an advertisement uh, by doctors that said camels were the best cigarette to smoke, healthiest one to smoke. I I do want to just point out that doctors, they do have a definitely special place. And if I'm in a car accident, I definitely want to, that's, I'm the first one to say, oh, please take me to the doctor, take me to the emergency room. So they're great for acute care, but I feel like- Remember, fire department, carpenter. D- yeah. You're getting a carpenter interview right now. Do you understand? And see, but here's what happens. Do you understand that most fires are preventable? Yeah, so you get hit by a car. I can take care of myself health-wise. I walk inside my building. Some car comes over the corner, hits me. It doesn't matter how well I take care of myself. I'm going to break my leg probably. And I'm going to need drugs or surgery to do that. But that's not healthcare. And that's the minuscule yeah. aspect of what people need. Do you understand? Yeah, it's because, secure. Yes, exactly. And then, they, then what they do is, and then people fall apart, they actually can only manage you. That's like this, type 2 diabetes. Oh, we're going to give you insulin. Why? Why? You're going to manage their bad habits? Type 2 diabetes is just pure what you do to yourself, you understand? And so therefore, guess what? A real doctor would look and go, stop eating sugar. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, then why would I want to give you insulin when you're not going to change your habits? I feel like it just all goes back to thinking. Just thinking and your mindset and just changing things. And I even feel like thinking can produce different hormones. Yes, Kim. Well, I think this way. That's why, that's why if, if you were to do this, and I don't ever do this, don't, don't follow this thing. If you're just close your eyes and actually think about something bad that happened in your life, you can feel the hormonal change. See what I'm saying? For don't sure. do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Flip side, guess what happens? You can also do that in a positive aspect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why, once again, that's why people say, well, hypochondriacs, they're, 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 we can't find their own. Oh, no, no, no. 
They just have a really bad mindset and they're continuing to produce those things. Eventually, they will result in very illness that way and stuff of that because they've actually just in a perpetually downward spiral mentally. And that's why it's, that's why it's very important to... And here's what happens, what I find kind of funny. And if you think about this, and I teach this in my, in my seminar, and just let's say everybody you know, people know I get interviewed a lot of podcasts. I speak a lot that way, but I have clinics that practice this every day across the world. And so, so the stuff I tell you, we put in practice every single day. But I realized this when it came to men and women, how we differ so much, okay? And if you look at a man, okay, testosterone gives a man great confidence. It really does. It's a very aggressive, confident hormone. That's why every man, regardless of his age, thinks he's incredibly awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what, see, you laugh because your boyfriend, guess what happens? He's flexing all the time. He's telling you how amazing he is <laughs> and stuff like that. See, you laugh because you know I'm going with this. Oh my gosh, he's going to hear this and laugh. He's going to be like, yeah, doc, doc's got it right. <laughs> On the flip side, and women actually, hormones, actually their estrogen makes them more connective. Now, if you, and I want you guys to do this experiment, ladies, this will blow your mind away. And this creates tears when I actually talk about this. And I did this, I do this, I did this to every female patient I ever took care of. I'll say, ladies, do me a favor. I want you to write down everything you say about yourself in one day. Go find your best friend and speak to them like that for one week. And you come and tell me what your relationship is like. We probably have no friends. That's my point. See, that's why our culture today is trying to make men into women. Because guess what? I am the best. A lot of your female audience actually is even offended that I said that because they don't understand men are very confident and they will drive for it and they'll compete to be the best at what they do. And our culture is trying to make everybody into a woman to where, sorry, women speak so negatively. That's why, that's why people think that if you down talk yourself, you're humble. It's totally opposite. Let me ask you a question. If you did break your leg, got hit by a car, went to the doctor, would you want a doctor to walk in and say, well... I'll do the best I can. I think I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm going to try my best. Or do you want the doctor who says, listen, I'm very sorry this happened. I'm the best person for you to see right now and you're going to be just fine. Oh yeah. Which one you do you want to see? I want the confident doctor. You understand that men are only acceptable in one things today. It's called professional athletics because you want your favorite team to destroy the other person. Do you understand? And it's really sad because that's what a real man is. Uh, testosterone is a very aggressive, a very uh, confident, a very um, uh, moving hormone. Women's hormones are different. They're very connective. That's why they're better in relationships. And see, but the sad part is this, is, is they don't have a lot of testosterone. So even the most beautiful women, people say, look at that model. She's just as unconfident as every other woman. Do you say mm-hmm. And the sad part is this, is, and so I said, ladies, remember, you would never speak like that to your friend. That's why I said, so don't speak like that to yourself. And I made a rule. I said, guys, you never say anything bad to a woman because by 12 o'clock, they said so much bad stuff about themselves, you shouldn't add to it. Mm. Ah, speaking to your heart right now. Do you Sam? And see, so therefore I said, listen, men and women are dramatically different. And it's okay. We both have amazing things about us that way. And so I said, ladies, I need you to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and let you know that you're awesome. That you're an amazing person. You're an amazing mom. Yeah, guess what? Your boobs aren't going to look the same as other people's. Your butt's going to be different than other women's. See, you smile a bit because women get up and they start tearing on themselves right away. Totally. And men don't. Men get up in the mirror and say, man, I made the bed. I'm amazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they do. Well, That's what well, they do. I, I need to call you the hormone expert. You need to change your 
your Instagram name or something. You know what my nickname is? This is what not is a joke. It, I got nicknamed the Hormone Whisperer about 12 years ago. The Hormone Whisperer, yes. That's kind of a funny nickname. Well, I mean, I feel like the whole takeaway here is changing your thinking mm-hmm. to, to de-stress yep. and everything else will, I don't want to say kind of fall into place, but- Get tested. Know, get tested. That's the, that's the key, ladies, because as we talk about those estrogens, even guys, we've talked about the testosterone. Remember, get your labs done because here, if a woman is cyclic, and her progesterone or estrogens fluctuate too high or too low, physically and mentally, you can be an absolute mess and result in a lot of diseases. See, it's about maintaining those. And, and when a woman's, see, that's why, if you think this way, most women think menopause is a disease because by the time they get there, they're so hormonally deficient or excess, that's hell on earth for them. Yet it can be the most vibrant time of your life. And that's why, that's why it's not a joke. That's why you've heard the term cougar came from a, not a cyclic woman, came from a menopausal woman because their hormones are much more easy to maintain and they can have a little bit more vibrant, even sexual life that way. But let me ask you a question. Are we noticing that about menopausal women today? We're not. So, hmm. but that's a life that women can live. And so no joke. Um, remember, I have a mother. She's 67 years old. She'll be 68 this year. And when we transitioned her through menopause, you know, she doesn't go through with all the, Remember, there's no such thing as menopause symptoms. There is no such thing as menopause symptoms. If you have symptoms during menopause, your hormones are too high or too low. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Patrick. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, I'm going to have to have you back because you are you are a wealth of knowledge. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate being here. And, and uh, I do thank you, the audience. And, and always remember this. I always tell people, I'm an equal opportunity offender. And the reason why I bring that up is this, is... My aggressiveness, not even from just being a male, but my aggressiveness comes from, it might not be you, but I guarantee that you know there's some women out there that are suffering and being misled, even lied to. They're not living the life that they were supposed to live. And so if I got to be aggressive, if I got to be offensive, if I got to charge up some people so other people don't suffer, that's what I believe God put me on this earth for because I don't believe women should be sick and suffering the way they are. And I have a wife and four amazing girls that I don't want them in a lot of predicaments that women are in today. So that's my passion behind it. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.